Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Jane Irrigation Training Series. And today we're going to be talking about forecasted ET for better water management. And uh, when I think about this subject, you know, a lot of times I think about uh, what, what I call old school water management, which is really pretty modern and new school just a few years ago. And that was measuring ET to see how much water you needed to put down today to be a successful water manager. Well, uh, things have changed dramatically over the last couple of years. And now uh, certain softwares, including Jane Logic and Jane Unity, are, are looking at forecasted weather and looking forward as well as backwards to uh, figure out or to calculate how much water needs to be applied to a crop or a landscape. So today we're gonna to learn a little bit about this and taking us on this journey is uh, Connor Cunningham. And Connor, if you've seen Connor work before, give these presentations, you know, he, uh, he's really good at explaining the complicated uh, subjects that we go through sometimes and putting it in a way that we can all uh, really enjoy it and understand it. You know, Connor's a Fresno State grad. He's been working in ag tech for about five years now. And certainly anytime I run into a customer of Connor, I hear great things about him. And mostly I hear about how much Connor cares about their success. So uh, Connor, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you doing another uh, training session with us. Right, right. Well, you know, thanks for letting me participate. I, I really do enjoy getting to be involved with these. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy getting to think about various topics uh, to talk about, especially ones that uh, are reflective of a lot of the things that I deal with and, and receive questions from growers about. So um, I get really excited about this topic here, you know, utilizing ET data and how we can use that for uh, recommendations and building irrigation schedules. So you can ask anybody on our team. I get, I get a little bit nerdy when it comes to uh, <laughs> satellite data. I get really excited about it. So well, well, you're at the right place to be nerdy then today. So um, <laughs> here's the thing I wonder though, you guys just launched your water management services earlier this year. Uh, it's going to be close to 100 degrees in Fresno. I mean, this is, uh, you guys have been busy. Uh, I'd love to hear, and I know everybody wants to know, you know, how's it going? This is really right. kind of out of the box this year uh, thinking. But, you know, Jane really prides itself on innovation and technology. So it makes perfect sense that you guys are doing it. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just like we were talking about here before we started, you know, what the the water availability is a real concern this year and making sure that we're, we're capitalizing and getting more crop for the drop as our logo states, you know, and uh, and so it's been really well received. You know, Jeff Tool has been doing a great job and I know that we're going to have a more in-depth updates coming. But, um, you know, just from my perspective, uh, we've had a really great response so far. Uh, people are really enjoying working with the water management services and uh, some of our growers are even uh, it, having their PCAs involved and the PCAs have been you know giving us the thumbs up saying man you guys are you guys are spot on you're doing a great job so that's been a major pat on the back back for us and we've really enjoyed that kind of a feedback. That is so great to hear because when you think about that synergy between you and the PCAs uh, the growers are really going to benefit from this. And yeah. uh, you guys are going to see things uh, when you put your heads together that uh, just looking from one perspective or another, you might not see. That's, uh, that is really exciting. I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah, we're really excited about it. It's, 
again, you know, it's a huge boost to confidence and it lets us know that, you know, we made the right choice by, you know, making this investment, taking that jump and, and trying to provide something that's beneficial for growers. Yeah. So Connor, I'm looking at this first slide that you have up here and uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking at. It's pretty. I like sure. all the colors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the middle one kind of looks like a big sw swimming lap pool, right? Uh, mm -hmm. but what are we looking at here? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is actually uh, some imagery from one of our water management users. And I thought it was a great example. So I wanted to include it. And I'm glad we're going to get a chance to talk about it here. So, um, you know, this first image on the left-hand side is just the Google image showing, you know, where what the block looks like, you know, from an aerial view. And we can see that the little icon in there shows us that this grower is also uh, benefiting from having one of our soil moisture probes in the field. And then so from that same field, um, we're getting this middle image right here, which is uh, the ET data, the observed ET. And it's telling us how much water is being consumed by the plant. And, you know, I get asked a lot, well, what does blue mean? Is blue good? It's, yes, it is good, but you know, it's got shades and it's got hues. So the darker blue, the more water is being consumed. So we can see in this image right here that we have, you know, really dark blue spots and we have a couple of lighter blue spots, right? Uh, you know, some of it's geometric, some of it's organic. And then this next image right here, uh, if anybody's done any sort of searching into satellite imagery in this industry, this looks very cliche, right? <laughs> the red, green, and the yellow and the orange. So this image on the right is the Vigor image. So you can see it's the exact same shape. It's, you know, another data set coming off of this exact same block. And it's telling us, you know, Vigor values for the block. And so we can see, you know, dark green equals more vigorous. Uh, and then as we start to get into, you know, yellows and reds that tells us that there's less vigor. And, and I really less like this example because it showcases, you know, how beneficial something as simple as satellite data can be. We can see right here that, um, you know, beyond the naked eye, we can see that there's some issues in this block that need to be addressed and scouted out. You know, we can see this orangey area that is showing a, a, a drop in vigor. So bear with me a second, Connor. Sure. So I, so the blue in the middle, does mm -hmm. that eventually turn into the green and yellow and red we see on the right, my right? Or is it a separate image, a separate uh, way to look at it? You know, that is a great question and I've never thought of it like that. Um, but no, there are, there are two separate images, you know, two separate data sets. One telling, is telling us water consumed. And then the green one is telling us green reflectance and leaf surface area. Uh, so uh, when would I so when would I use the one in the middle and when would I use the one on the right? Right. Yes. So you're going to use the one in the middle for exactly what we're talking about today when we're thinking about how much water to apply and knowing how much uh, water has been consumed by our crop and, and how hard, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes if you're listening on the podcast afterwards. You know, we're looking at, you know, how hard the plants are working out in the field with this image in the middle here. And then the image on the right hand side here, you know, we're going to use this when um, we want to start to diagnose, you know, how well are we applying our irrigation? You know, how, how well are our plants responding from, you know, maybe like a health standpoint. So in this instance here, this is a great example because 
the top portion, the northern portion of this block here is, is incredibly vigorous. It's doing really well. In fact, better than the majority of the field because of how dark green it is. But as we can see right here in the middle, there's some sort of an organic shape um, that's showing that there's a drop in vigor. So could be clogging, could be that there's a, a pest outbreak. Um, so that helps us to identify um, maybe even before we can see something with our eyes, issues that we can try to address out in the field. That's fascinating. Uh, the other thing I wonder, uh, Connor, is, um, I mean, do I have to take a semester course at the local community college to figure out how to read these or, you know, how, how do I learn this? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways you can do it, you know. Um, you can, you can work with one of us here at Jane, you know, if, if you're a water management uh, user, you're already getting coached on how to read this data. But, you know, if you want to become a Jane Logic user, or if you're an existing Jane Logic user, you just reach out to your account manager, and we'd be more than happy to run through the data with you and, and try to figure out how to work on this. And, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, <laughs> some sort of whiz, but, you know, I did a lot of research by myself too. So there's a lot of great information out there published by credible sources, uh, helping you to understand how to look at this data and, and how to work with it. Yeah, and then one more question on this. Um, so let's say that's my field on the right and I detect a problem. I don't know what the problem is, right? I detect right. it from looking at this. Then I go out there and I fix it. I determine mm -hmm. what the problem was, or I'm pretty sure it was this problem. So then I fix it. When am I going to get my next satellite image to show me that, yep, you did fix it? Yeah. So the nice thing about satellites is they're in orbit. And so, you know, every week you're getting an updated image. So every week you can check back in and see how things are doing. So even, even just the satellite service is a great, a great way to kind of gauge yourself. How am I doing? You know, it, maybe, maybe I had some issues out in the field. Maybe I had some maintenance issues that I wanted to address and start to work to remedy. You can use something as like satellite data, which is, you know, free in some instances to be able to access and start using that to, as your report card, Hey, how am I doing? Are my remedies working? Yeah, and which is so great, right? And, you know, I, I grew up uh, learning cotton farming in Arizona, and we planted in March or April, and we figured out how we were doing in October and November. <laughs> right. We right. had other indicators <laughs> during the year that gave us an idea, but, you know, you really didn't find out what your report card was until it was too late uh, mm -hmm. to do anything. So I love being able to, to make a change, see the change and what the effect was on my crop, and then go forward. Um, I also want to remind everybody that I do have the Q&A in the chat open. If you have some questions for Connor, put them in there and uh, I'll be uh, happy to uh, relay those to Connor as he's going along here. Great, great. So getting to the uh, topic at hand here today. Perfect. So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between, you know, observed DTC versus forecasted DTC and how we can use those in, you know, determining what our water management strategy might be. And then we'll, we'll run through some calculations of utilizing both of these methods and combining both of these methods. And then also throughout the course of our discussion today, we'll also talk about the importance of having the most up-to-date information on your irrigation system as possible. Because as we'll see here in a little bit, it's important to know certain aspects about your irrigation system's performance because it will drastically affect uh, how much water you determine to apply to your field. 
So jumping in here, observed DTC versus forecasted DTC, very simply put, observed DTC is, you know, looking at what's already happened. And forecasted ETC is just that. It's like watching the news and seeing, okay, what, what is the forecast supposed to be? What, what do we think we are going to consume in the coming week, right? So we have people who uh, like to just focus on what we call the replenishment method, where you're just replenishing what's already been consumed. And we have other people who strictly focus on what's going to be happening. And then uh, I'm in this camp. I like to kind of ride the middle, right? I want to make sure that I at least replenish what my crop has already consumed. So I'm not stressing it unnecessarily. And then I like to be aware of what's going to happen in the coming weeks. You know, the, these past weeks have been a great example, right? We've, we've seen, you know, high rises in temperatures and then all of a sudden just a drop in the temperature for the next week and then a rise. So we've seen these sawtooth patterns and, uh, you know, with the water management services, it's been a real uh, unique experience to, to work around that and be agile with the changing forecasts. So, you know. It's interesting, Connor, in landscape irrigation, right? Mostly if we're looking backwards, right? We know it's been hot. It's hot yesterday, it's right. hot today. So pour on the water because it's gonna be hot tomorrow. Um, in landscape irrigation, you save the most amount of water when things start to cool down. Mm. And so a conventional controller will just keep pouring the water on, uh, and that, that's terrible. Uh, a no. uh, somewhat smart controller will look at, it's been hot, and keep putting it on based on that. And uh, right. something that does forecast that ET will start to slow it down because they can see the cooling. And so at a time where you have the biggest opportunity to save, that's when you save the most. It's, uh, it's really amazing to see the extra savings that uh, our customers have been getting. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be aware of what's going on and, and be aware of all the different aspects that are affecting, you know, how we're going to determine how much water to apply, right? And, you know, I, I have that here as the last data point, you know, considering what other factors we want to uh, be aware of, you know, so there, there might be some, some labor that we have scheduled for the coming week that we need to work around. So we need to be cognizant of that, or uh, we might have some other data points that we want to take into consideration when we're determining our irrigation schedule. So uh, as you can see here, I have three boxes on the screen and the very bottom uh, box here at the bottom of the screen is one that I use uh, very frequently when I'm creating, excuse me, irrigation recommendations uh, for our water management users. And it's year-to-date applied water versus year-to-date water consumed. So it's an incredibly helpful metric to work from to say, how are we doing, right? Because we know that there's a specific curve that crops take as they progress through their phenological stages. And as they progress through those stages, as they grow, their, their demand for water grows with it, right, to a certain point. So I, I put this one here because I'm obviously very proud of it because this grower and I uh, have done a really good job of, of maintaining a very close relationship of water applied versus water consumed. So if we look at, you know, maybe for example here, maybe there was a, a two inch, excuse me, a two acre inch difference between water consumed versus water applied. I would take that into consideration and say, okay, for this coming week, we want to put on 1.1 acre inches of water. 
but we're going to go ahead and add on an additional half inch because A, we know it's going to be hot and B, we want to try to catch up and close that gap between the year-to-date applied versus consumed as well. Connor, we have a question from one of our uh, uh, viewers and they want to know in general, uh, broad question, and in general, how many of your growers uh, actually know what their DU is on their property? That is a very good question. <laughs> um, it's kind of split down the middle. Um, and I would say of that split, you know, some people think they know what their DU is, but have kind of a good guess and some other people don't. Um, but it's an incredibly important factor to take into consideration. And we recommend, and we do practice this, that you consider your DU when you're um, creating your irrigation schedule and you're running through your calculations. So um, yeah, it, we, we encourage it and uh, we'd like to see more of it because I'll go ahead and switch to the next slide here and you'll see why it's so important to know what your DU is and to apply that. So, you know, again, talking to those people who think they know what their DU is, it would be worth thinking about having a DU test done to the block in question because you want to make sure that you know as close within reasonable doubt what that DU is because it, 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 can, it can really add up over a season if you're not taking into consideration that DU. So in this next slide here, we have, you know, two different ways of running calculations. You know, we have the replenishment method based off of the observed ETC. And then we have the forecast method based off of the forecast ETC. And so at the top here, we can see that we take our water consumed from the last week and then we divide that by our application rate times our DU, and that gives us about 33.6 hours. Well, this next, this next line down, we see that taking the DU out of there, it drops our runtime by four or five hours, approximately. Four or five hours every week, you know, let's just go ahead and generalize it. Four or five hours every week over the course of a season is a lot of water not being applied. And so we're, we're shorting ourselves and we're potentially hurting our yields at the end of the season because we, again, we might be unnecessarily stressing our plants when we don't need to be. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, we have another question here from one of the viewers and that is, um, how do you measure uh, the consumed water? How, how do we know how much water we consumed last week? Right, so there is a, a number of various um, resources available. There's, there's a number of public resources available. Uh, the UCANR, the, the research extensions, have a weekly email that's available to you to let you know how much water is consumed per crop per region, but they're very generalized, right? So it's going to say, okay, it, we have a station here um, in Parlier, for example, where we're measuring ETC for various crops that we have at the research station. Well, if you're over in Fowler, right, or in Kalinga, right, and you're not that close to the research center, you're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna use that number, but is it as close to my, my crop, my location as possible? Probably not. And so that's where it can start to get a little hairy. So those are good resources that are available. They're free, they're public resources. Um, so that's where you can find some of that information. And then, you know, the CIMIS uh, service also has some information as well. So Connor, you were really polite. You mentioned uh, in, in a very nice way that uh, there are some growers that don't know what their DU is on uh, or distribution uniformity is on their, uh, on their fields. Um, 
do you guys go out and measure that somehow? What, what, do, what do you do there? Yeah, so as part of our water management service, if a grower hasn't had their DU done on their field in you know recent years, like one to two years, as part of the service, we go out and we perform a modified DU test based off of the ITRC Cal Poly guidelines, right? And so we go out and we'll collect flow measurements and pressure measurements in a randomized pattern throughout um, a specific block. And we'll collect that information and provide that, that information to them. It, you know, we found it's actually been very powerful too, because um, not only do they now have um, a measured value that they can work from, but we're also identifying issues as we're going throughout the field, right? And it's really helpful for them to say, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I was dealing with some of these issues and it's marked and low. So they can go out to these spots specifically that we visited and go start to work on some of these issues. So that's, uh, that's really great. You know, um, oftentimes, uh, you know, the visual inspection uh, we find is sometimes the fastest way to get the most amount uh, and least expensive way of getting the best uh, uh, saving. Right. Sometimes right. you right. don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you can measure it, you can manage it. And if you aren't measuring it, then, you know, <laughs> you're, you're gambling a little bit, right? Right. So. And then a lot of this information is just available from public sources. Right, right. But you're going to be doing a lot of calculations like this by hand, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that. People have been doing it for decades, right? So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's it's a non it's a non-zero sum time consumed every week, and if you know you're managing hundreds or maybe even thousands of acres, that time adds up, right? So of course we learn as we go and we start to learn some generalities. But you know, as we know, this year is different than last year, and last year was different than the year before that. So there's minute changes that could really make a big difference. That if we're not paying attention to them regularly could really have an impact on our bottom line at the end of the year. It's very interesting, Connor, as I think about that, because I think, you know, there's a lot of old timers like myself that might think, hey, water management's an art. It's not a science, but right. we actually know that, you know, what the holding capacity of uh, soil is and what the depletion rate is and when you have to put more water on. And it's really just a series of calculations that, uh, uh, I may or may not take the time to do and just uh, apply water when I think it's right. But right. if I take the time to do the calculations and know the calculations in the first place, it will take a lot of time. Uh, your software takes care of this for me? Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and you know, I'd really like to, you know, jump into a, a demo here because, you know, Yes, you can do this by hand. You can do it with a pen and a pad. You could do it on a spreadsheet. But you know what we use, and what I you know think works better—or not better, but best. Let me <laughs> let me rephrase there. Uh, what I think works better is um, you know using a system like Jane Logic, where it's doing a lot of these rote calculations for you, and then you you the user get to make that final decision on: Am I going to work with this recommendation, or am I going to follow it to the T, or am I going to make some adjustments based on my local knowledge of what's going on here and now? Yeah, so. that's great. I really do. I'd love to see a live demo here. I know yeah, everybody yeah. else uh, would like to see that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, 
I, I, you know, I just hitting on one more point that you talked about here, you know, it's kind of like an art form. I still think that there is a little bit of an art form to it, right? You know, because we can see right here on the slide, the forecasted hour is asking for 50 hours and, and the replenishment is asking for 33.6. So in the example here, let's go ahead and, and talk, start to practice and mock up what we just talked about, kind of shooting the middle. So just you know, for argument's sake and for demo sake, let's go ahead and schedule some uh, forty-hour run times on a couple of blocks here in Jane Logic. So let me scroll over here and open up Jane Logic. Is everybody able to see it? We can. You bet. Perfect. Great. So um, I'm actually going to go ahead and use a real-world example of um, an irrigation scheme that I've been uh, providing to one of our management water management users, where he has two blocks that are neighboring each other and one is a lighter soil and one is a heavier soil. So it's really fun because one, we get to do more of a pulse irrigation scheme. And then the other one, we apply heavier sets because the soil can hold it. So let's go ahead and mock, mock that up. So we're gonna go ahead and click on this block right here. And I'm gonna go ahead and pull up my irrigation schedule and start to schedule some irrigation for the coming week. So I can see that I haven't put on any water yet. So today I'll go ahead and say that I want to run 20 hours on Wednesday. So let me just stop you one second here, Connor. Sure. Where did the 20 hours come from? Was this just an arbitrary number you pulled out or? Yeah, so I'd say, I said 20 hours because in that slide, you know, working off of our example, we saw that to replenish, we needed a minimum of 33.6 or 34 hours. Yeah. And then we saw that for the coming week, we're gonna, we're forecasted 50 hours. So I went ahead and shot a little bit on the lower side, but kind of added a little bit more. And I decided to just go with 40 hours. Um, you know, sometimes people have constraints on water availability or ordering water or, uh, you know, peak run times. So sometimes it's nice to have nice round numbers to work with, but okay, so just, great. yeah, just for argument's sake. Yeah. Just want to be sure we know where you get, got right. That. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I'll go ahead and add another 20 hours on Saturday here. And I'll just add that for, let's find uh, 12 PM again, just arbitrarily. And then I'll go ahead and hit save. So we can see here that I now have 40 hours and two large sets scheduled for this block because in our example, this has a heavier soil. So go ahead and close that one. So now that we have our heavier soil scheduled, I'll come up to our, our quote unquote lighter soil block right here, neighboring it. And then we'll do more of a pulse irrigation scheme here. So I can see that I've already applied a little bit of water. So I'm gonna take that into consideration. So I'm gonna open up and I'm gonna to start to say, okay, since I had some water put on on Monday, I'll skip a day, let my soil dry down a little bit and then I'll apply another. So that way I'm not pushing water out the bottom. And I'll go ahead and I'll put 12 hours on Wednesday. And then again, I wanna let it dry down. I'm gonna apply a little bit and then I'm gonna let it dry down a little bit and then I'll apply a little bit more, making sure that I don't put down too much. And I'm gonna add a little bit more because I wanna to try to reach that, that 40 hour mark. So I'll put some on Friday and then I'll put on a little bit more here on 
Sunday. There okay, we go. So, so you watered on Monday, you're adding some on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Right. Mm -hmm. So there we go. So we can see now I have a pulse scheme where I'm putting on some water, I'm letting it sit, and then I'm putting on a little bit more water, I'm letting it sit, putting on a little bit more water because I have a lighter soil. So if I put on too much water all at once, I'm going to be pushing it out the bottom, right? So, so now I have my irrigation saved. Oh, I forgot to hit save, but, <laughs> but we can see that that's the exercise here. And then coming through here, I can also check, you know, I, I just wanted to highlight this. You can see in the system that the forecast is showing us what the ET, the, the forecasted ET is for the coming week. But because this user's been using it for more than a year, we can actually see the historical versus what's being projected this year. And we can see that, yeah, they're similar, but they're almost an inch different, right? There's almost an acre inches worth of difference. So yes, we can, we can start to learn and, and understand, okay, at this time of year, I need to put on X number of inches per week for this crop. But Again, these minute differences can add up over time and start to make a difference. What a great point. You know, as we were talking earlier before we started, I said it's my, uh, my feeling that it's warmer earlier in Fresno than it has been. That's just my right. feeling. I didn't think it was an inch warmer, right? So this actually yeah. puts some definition to the feeling and uh, um, gives you some parameters of how much more water to add. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, Connor, are you using some kind of monster internet system? I mean, this is so fast <laughs> as we go screen to screen. How is that happening? Yeah, well, I'm lucky because usually AT&T shorts me out here. But <laughs> no, it's, I'm, just, I'm just using Google Chrome and I'm just running the Jane Logic system. It's so fast because we wanted to make sure that we had a system that was reliable and robust. So, you know, we at Jane invested a lot of money into our backend infrastructure to ensure that we have, you know, the fastest load times and the most robust system. Obviously problems still do occur, you know, let's live in reality here, but you know, we, we put in a lot of work to ensure that our growers receive the best experience possible. Yeah, that's great. You know, cause oftentimes when you're looking at this, you might be stressed a little bit. It's early in your day. You got about 10 other things to do in the next hour. And man, slow, uh, slow speeds uh, really uh, frustrate. So it's it's great yeah. to see it working so fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's it's incredibly beneficial for us too. When we're looking at um, trying to work with growers, when we receive questions about, hey, what's going on out in the field? It's an incredible tool for us on internally as well. We we really enjoy getting the benefit from the amount of data, the type of data, and the the fast speeds as well. So a couple, a couple of questions have come in, Connor. Uh, the first one is, what is the source of the forecasted ET data? Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, in, in the system, we have two sources of ET data coming in, right? We have the, D, the, the observed ET coming in from the satellite, and then the forecasted is from a third-party forecast, and it's based off of your local zip code, right? So like the example we talked about earlier, you know, depending on where you're located, you might be running the risk of being a little bit too far away from the nearest weather station. So that's why we see that disparity between the forecasted amount versus, you know, what was actually consumed. They're pretty close, but you know, 
it does take into consideration, you know, where, you know, you're going to be located in, in regards to some of these public weather stations. So we have access to a couple of different services there. Yeah, that's awesome, Connor. Thank you. And we have another question that came in that I'd like to answer because it's uh, uh, asking about how this would work in the landscape industry, uh, considering watering restrictions. And you know, we use uh, Jane Unity in the landscape uh, uh, situations, and they do have municipal water restrictions built into it. So you tell the software what the restrictions are, right? It asks, you have municipal water restrictions, you plug those in and then the software takes that into account as it's making its calculations of when it should water and for how long. Yeah, it's a very powerful system. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's how that's how we're doing it. That's that's a system and a, and a program and a method that we're using for uh, providing water recommendations to our users and any Jane Logic users that might be watching right now. This is something that you have access to right away, and you can start working with instantaneously. So, I will we've got another question that came in, Connor, and sure. uh, a viewer is asking: Is the user required to determine the KC value? Good question. So the system actually has preloaded KC values in it. So um, along with the ET coming in based off of your local zip code here, I'll go ahead and scroll up on the screen. The forecast is also taken into consideration your, your crop spacing, your row spacing, your emitter type, your emitter application rate, and the amount of acreage uh, within that parcel or block in question. And then there are some crop models that are in the system and it takes all that information into consideration and it creates this forecast right here. So, you know, if this were grapes for table grapes, for example, would be a lot higher or if it were, you know, cotton, it would be different or if it so on and so forth. So it does change based off of the crop type because there is some preloaded information in there that the system is smart enough to calculate and work through. So if I know my crop type, which I would know, right, if right. I was growing I it, so. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, is it more, do I just put in almonds or does it get more specific than that? Yeah, so, so some of the crops that we have in the system, you can add uh, different varietals. So a lot of the almond guys that I work with, I'll, I'll be able to add in the multiple varietals because it's very common to have two varietals in a block. And so, for example, you know, we could say, hey, this is an almond block right here. And we have non-parel and monterey's, for example, in the block. And it takes that into consideration. Wow, that's great. So then, then just assigns it the KC that's appropriate for that varietal yep. and away you go. Yeah, it'll, it'll assign it for the crop. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So real powerful system. And uh, it's, it's a real beneficial tool. We got a lot of people that are really benefiting from it. And some people who are starting to discover, you know, some some Jane users that uh, that have been using the system for a long time, just focused more on the soil moisture data, but are now learning about some of these additional tools that they've had available to them um, are really enjoying and benefiting from it. So, you know, it can be a little intimidating uh, starting to think about adding technology and data sets to the farm, right? Because we're all busy. Growers are especially busy. They have uh, multiple multiple items and objects to juggle <laughs> at the same time. Um, but you know, using satellite data is a great way to get started because 
much like with a lot of the other features and tools that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, it's just enhancing or, um, you know, a more efficient method uh, or way of doing a lot of the same practices that growers have been doing for decades, right? We're, we're looking at how much water's in the soil. We're looking at how much water's being consumed. And so, you know, this is a great way to kind of dip your toe in, right? So we're offering a, what we're calling JaneLogic sensorless. So you'd have access to the JaneLogic system and its forecasting abilities, as well as, you know, having the satellite data being brought in for your field specifically. So if, you know, you're interested in learning a little bit more or even starting to participate, you know, we're, we're running a promotional offer of $500 per field uh, under the manage, under the JaneLogic sensor list. So whether that's 20 acres or if it's 220 acres, it's $500 flat fee. Connor, I was in uh, Ramona, which is just outside of San Diego on Saturday, and uh, there's a hundred different, I mean, I was shocked by this number, hundred different uh, wine growers, uh, wine grape growers out there now. It's really expanding. And I was talking about this and showing this, and they said, you know, just for the uh, confirmation that we're doing this right, you know, just that insurance policy, mm -hmm. this was so economical to them. Uh, it, it was a real no-brainer no for a lot of them to go forward with this. Uh, right. It, right. Uh, for peace of mind, it's just, uh, um, if that's the least you get out of it, and you're going to get a lot more, but just for the peace of mind, this is a great right. offer. Right. And, you know, let's say that you needed to have some remediations done. You, you're trying to bring up the efficiency of your field. This is a great way to start. You, you get to start to track your progress. The satellites are incredibly, uh, you know, accurate and they're very sensitive. I get this question a lot as well. You know, how, how accurate is the satellite data? So, you know, let's step back for a second, right? So if you're getting the satellite data from us or if you're getting, you know, satellite from another service, the satellites now are, are very, very good. You know, the, the nice part about the Jane Logic Sensor List is you're getting additional information on top of that. And, you know, we, like you saw in the first slide, we can catch things that we might not be able to see with our naked eye right away. And so you're able to capitalize that and get ahead of it before it becomes an even bigger and made more major problem out in the field. So Connor, um, after after I watch these, I always have additional questions and comments. And uh, mm -hmm. so if I have those and I want to get a hold of you or any of our viewers have those, uh, how, how can they get a hold of you? And is that okay? Yeah, of course. So, you know, kind of wrapping up here, uh, my contact information is here on the screen. So if you have any additional questions after this, if you want to take some time, I'm the kind of guy I like to take some time and kind of, you know, mold over things in my mind a little bit and digest. But, you know, uh, as we're wrapping up here, if, you, if there's any additional questions from the audience or, you know, if anybody's had some experience with this and, and would like to share in on, you know, some, some successes and some failures, excuse me, uh, be happy to open it up now and, and take some time to do that. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. We have one other question here, and that is the, uh, the Jane Logic sensorless uh, imaging. Uh, do you get those? How often do you get those? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we had talked about it a little bit earlier, and uh, that is part, you know, that is what it would be for the JaneLogic sensor list, but it would update every single week. So every week you'd be getting updated information, and not just the imagery, but as we saw on the earlier slides, you're actually getting the, the, the a numerical value coming off of that satellite image that you can work from every single week. Connor, is once a week enough? We found that it's been uh, very successful. 
because we're using it as part of our water management services. And it's, it's, it's proven that it's enough. Okay, great. Well, Connor, thank you so much. This has been fascinating as, uh, as always. Uh, love your presentations. I've learned a ton today and I know our viewers did as well uh, based on the engagement we got. I wanna remind everybody that um, if you wanna see all our trainings, well over a hundred now, uh, if you go to jamesusa.com forward slash trainings, you can find us there. We're also on Apple, uh, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And of course, we're on YouTube uh, to, to watch as well. And if you're enjoying those on YouTube, uh, please do us a favor and click subscribe. Uh, that, that helps us out a lot. So I appreciate that. Again, Connor, thanks so much. Um, great job today. And thank you, well, thank everybody, you. for spending your lunchtime with us again. Thanks very much. Thank you all.